Three, two, one, contact high. Welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm Bo Nellis. This is episode 47, and we're going to talk about secondhand smoke. A serious health issue for a lot of people, and uh, the stuff of stoner myth to other people, but a real issue. So let's talk about it. Oh, but first, let's go over some stoner moments where I go over all of the oopsies and uh, oh yeahs from last week's episode. First off, I wanted to give a shout out to my friend TJ, the DJ, for being the one who provided the RSO that I tried when I was giving you my RSO story. Um, Couldn't have done it without your buddy. And I did also want to clarify that I don't remember if the material was tested but I don't think we had an exact uh, idea of of what its potency was um, so that kind of makes it hard for me to go out and then buy another product and know where to go exactly from there I have to kind of relearn how to to figure out my dosage um, so I really have to, to dial it way back and start out slowly, which is the appropriate way to do it. Uh, and it's still really valuable information, my little experimentation. So thanks, TJ. And then I just wanted to uh, kind of touch, it's not really a stoner moment, but I love when what I release for that week, because sometimes I know what I'm going to do. And sometimes like today, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk. I get halfway into something. and I'm like, eh, I guess I could save that one for later. I'll bank it. Eh, I don't really want to talk about that one, even though I just spent two hours making an outline for it. Uh, well, last week when I did that with RSO, uh, a couple days later, a friend who recently moved out to Colorado uh, following her own little green rush contacted me to answer some questions about RSO, specifically where to find it and are there alternatives to getting it? Because the person who was asking her wasn't able to find any bud tenders in their area who even knew what RSO was. A little disheartening. Now, as somebody who has bitched about bud tenders who weren't able to multiply base 10, uh, I can understand the frustration with that. And it really speaks to a lack of standardization in the education of bud tenders and problems patients face with that. But, I mean, come on, really? Fucking Google that shit. Hello? You working as a bud tender and you don't even know Google? It's just really funny when things intersect like that. And it's really inspiring to me, especially on a week where I'm just kind of like, right, I'm getting into stuff. I'm doing it, living my life. Woo, that's how I feel this week. When I'm in that place, 
for those things to intersect like that, it's it's really fun. It keeps me motivated. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say is I am finishing up on my CBD experiment. And because I kind of dialed back in a desperate attempt to keep what I have going a little bit longer, um, I did get some kind of gnarly pimples that didn't really go away as easily as um, all of the ones that I had just been talking about in previous episodes. Uh, But once I did actually start dialing up the CBD again, because I'm super vain like that, I noticed an immediate difference. And I'm noticing a really big difference when I take it specifically before bed. And I'm not sure if that's a metabolism thing or just because I'm not touching my face a bunch and making it gross, uh, you know, change those pillowcases. I'm pretty good. Um, So that might be a thing too, but... Yeah, I had tried to go back to the acne stuff, uh, the serums and and whatnot, and none of those did any better. And as soon as I took some more CBD, man, it really made a huge difference. So take that for what you will. Um, It is what it is. I'm really satisfied, and I really hope that I can really start to afford to to, uh, take the CBD every day. I'm, I'm on the hunt for some good CBD oil and I don't have access to something, uh, like I can't remember exactly the company that I bought it from at the cannabis cup and I didn't write it down and I don't even think I mentioned it. So I'm having trouble finding a product that is that kind of equivalent, but especially at a decent price, but I'm pretty good at this. So I'm going to keep looking. And I just wanted to uh, to kind of share the end of that. Uh, definitely a convert now. Definitely a convert. Really helped keep my acne at bay. All right. So if you haven't guessed, this might be kind of a short one this week. <sighs> it's hard today. I'm not feeling very motivated today. I mean, I've made like two outlines kind of, and I just didn't want to record I'm not recording much for my voiceover right now either. I really need to get my shit together. Uh, I'm trying. I just really feel like being stoned right now, though. So I rolled myself a joint. Shall we smoke while we talk about secondhand smoke? I think so. That's appropriate. Because I wanted to be pretty stoned and high today, I mixed it up with some jet fuel shake that I had found tucked away in a little corner. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And I mixed it with some golden pineapples so that it's not too much. I don't throw everything off balance um, because I really like the way that they blend together. Uh, Like I said, I get a little stoned and a little high. I get a little of that body thing. You know, I feel like... If I can get this done, maybe I'll make it to yoga afterwards and and then maybe I'll eat a nice healthy dinner. Um, Yeah, anything could happen afterwards, I feel like, if I smoke this joint right now. God damn, that was delicious. All right, so let's get straight to the point. Can you get stoned and or fail a drug test? from secondhand smoke? Short answer, yes. Now that's not to say that it is guaranteed 
that if you are in a car or in a room with somebody that is using cannabis or marijuana or weed or pot or a joint or a blunt or whatever happens to be going on, that you are going to fail a drug test or that you will get stoned. Everybody is different. uh, And the most important factor is the concentration of THC that is in that area with you. So in other words, the more ventilated the space, the less likely you are to actually have cannabis in your own system or to feel impaired by the use of cannabis by others. Now, that's really important as we move forward with this new recreational aspect and medicinal aspect, because allowing people to medicate in public is is really more of a right than allowing people to get stoned in public. But it's also going to be what supports people recreating in public. But having well-ventilated spaces dramatically reduces the chances of anybody feeling impaired by it. Now, by it, I should clarify cannabinoids in the system because the smell of cannabis can affect some people to an extent. It might give them a headache. It might um, make them feel a little sleepy or relaxed. That's different than actually being stoned because you have cannabinoids that are activated flooding through your system in your blood to your brain. That's different. It's also different from what is a true definition of contact high, which is that simply by being in contact with those who are high, we feel high. And I've definitely done this with people who are drinking when I'm not drinking. Like I feel, I feel gigglier and I feel kind of buzzed and I didn't, I didn't drink anything, but I I get a kind of a, a contact buzz off of them. And this is just something that happens with people that, that we're, we're tight with or that we're hanging out with, that we're sympathetic to. And, uh, and, and so sometimes what we feel is simply the affectations of others in a very sympathetic manner. And that can also be a contact high that is not going to cause you to fail a drug test at all. All right, so now that we've got that out of the way, let's talk about the ones that are going to make you fail a drug test. Um, If you go to the blog, I will have a link to a video for this guy called, I think he's called The Weed Man, uh, and he's in Canada, and he has all these crazy videos of him just hotboxing anything he can, his car, rooms. He will do two to, like, four ounces at a time. He does crazy amounts of hotboxing. Now, if you're not familiar with the term hotboxing, you might know it as clam baking, uh, or you might just know it as some assholes who fill a room with smoke without consideration to other people in the area. Uh, All of those are the same thing. Uh, But he does it with concentrates, which actually reduce the amount of carcinogens in the smoke, uh, allowing for a higher concentration of cannabinoids 
to fill the room with smoke, which is also vaporization, which which is kind of smoke. It's a really cloudy concept at this point in time. But uh, what happens is if you're in this room and you're in this big cloud of vaporized uh, cannabis concentrates and you're breathing that in, you're going to get high both from the lack of oxygen in the room and also uh, from the flood of cannabinoids that you are breathing in. However, it's a different kind of high. One, because the terpenes have changed a lot. The heat changes the way that the terpenes react with you. Another may be because the cannabinoids in the air, there isn't a whole lot of understanding or science on what happens to cannabinoids once they're just kind of hanging out there. Um, are they degrading into CBN because um, of the the rapid oxidization? Uh, do they maintain as a neutral THC for a period of time, for an indefinite period of time? How do they stabilize? I wasn't able to find any information on that. And I think that'll play into it too. But anyway, if you go to the blog, I'll have a link to the video. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, but things like that, that is going to get you high. And you shouldn't go into rooms like that if you have to take a drug test. However, there are other factors that really play into this. One is personal metabolism and sensitivity, um, as well as our lung capacity, uh, the way that your lungs actually absorb the cannabinoids um, based on the elasticity of your lung tissue and uh, a lot of other factors that I'm sure I, I don't even have any concept of. Um that's going to play into the likelihood that you will walk away failing a drug test and or feeling truly stoned. But again, pretty much everybody is going to be affected by the lack of oxygen and the lingering terpenes, whatever state they, they tend to be in. Now, there's been a lot of mythology out there that you can't get contact high or that uh, secondhand smoke with cannabis isn't like a real thing. And I kind of thought that way when I was younger, for sure. Um, but the first animal that I met that really liked to get high, it it really kind of blew a big hole in that for me. I mean, how can secondhand smoke not get a person high, but it could get an animal high? Now, sensitivity and tolerance is obviously one issue, but logic still dictates that cannabinoids are being transferred in the exhalation. And if that's possible, it's possible that a human could then potentially inhale them if they don't immediately degrade, which that doesn't make sense. Because the, the animal got high. The cat got high. So, yeah. And then also there's a popular way of sharing cannabis smoke or vaporization that's called shotgunning, where one person takes a hit and then instead of just exhaling it out, they actually exhale it into the mouth of another person who simultaneously inhales it. And a lot of times that's a way for very sensitive cannabis users to get... A, a full hit, something that, that really fills up their lungs, 
but which has been depleted of cannabinoids to a point where they aren't overwhelmed. And, and that's important too, that the exhalation is going to be depleted of the total number of cannabinoids, unless you're that weed man guy who's just throwing slabs down. That's going to be some chow to you. So I just wanted to clarify for anybody who is concerned, I have been with my man, living with my man for the last eight years, and I have just gotten progressively more aggressive in my cannabis smoking throughout that time. However, because I'm not a dickhole who hotboxes our entire space, he has never gotten stoned off of it or failed a drug test because of it. He's actually passed drug test for me, uh, despite it. So he has been tested and, you know, woohoo, success. Uh, see my drug testing episode for that story. Uh, and the use of secondhand smoke in the public space is something that should certainly be addressed, but should not be feared and isn't exactly of concern when we're talking about intoxication, if it's done respectfully. So it also comes down to respecting the fact that secondhand smoke and the ability to medicate in public spaces also needs to be respected by giving people that space without a bunch of hating and fear-mongering. I... So we move into our safety meeting. I like to dedicate it to munchies. Whether you're helping me eat a banana in the morning or encouraging me to eat some Skittles before yoga, you're delicious. God damn you taste good all right you guys i'm gonna sink this bowl here of some golden pineapple which definitely helps give me the munchies thanks for spliffing it ciao for now <laughs>